What is up everyone? This is Sarah G and it is Gen Z Gab. Let's get into it. And I know a lot of people were expecting, I think, uh, Dr. Courtney Tracy to be on today, but she had a family emergency and therefore we had to reschedule, but don't worry, we will get it on the calendar again soon. And just please keep her family in your thoughts if you have time to do that. So anyway, I'm just gonna move on to like Monday mood, which is actually a very rare, strange moment of me revealing a little more about where I went to college, etc. But because this is such a funny moment, slash, I'm pretty sure that anyone that's watching college basketball right now will know this. Anyway, I went to University of Iowa. I think I've mentioned it a few times, but um, the coach's son, everyone pretty much knows. And here's the thing with the McCafferty family, I'm just going to say it there. You know pretty quickly who of the parents are more likely going to call him out, their specific child. So as many of you know, two of their sons play on the basketball team. And as many of people know, the mom is a state native to where I'm from. And I used to work concessions as well, but I also, my little brother played against the team of Patrick McCafferty when they were juniors. The point was that I have actually met his mom and believe me, this is beyond true. She is the type of mom that will call you out on anything. So I know I should just get to the point already, but now that you have a little background, you can see where this is going to go a little bit more. So with the Monday mood, I actually found out that it was for coaches for cancer. And as I mentioned, I did a little bit of, you know, a dance marathon. So I just wanted to clear that up before. So for the Thursday night, January 26th game, they were all supposed to wear suits. But of all the kids to not have a suit, you wouldn't believe it, but it, of course, is the coach's son. And here's the bigger twist of it all. He forgot his pants. So he comes on in his tracksuit and everything. And there's the announcer announcing to the whole public exactly what's happening. And here's the thing. The mom stops him on his way in the announcer and tells him everything. And then the announcer calls it out. So that is just, if you needed something to brighten your day, even though it's a little embarrassing and parents, whatever, there you go. There you go. It is very, very interesting. Also, Dance Marathon is coming up. If you don't know what that is, it's uh, for raising pediatric cancer awareness. And yeah, so if anybody asks you to donate, you could consider it. It is a great cause. I was a part of it for the three years. Yeah, just consider it. And remember, kids, especially because we're in our 20s still, our parents will never stop calling us out. You always know that. Mine would be my dad, but... That's okay. At least you have one. So moving on from that, I was going to talk a little bit about some generational stuff, I think, but I'm going to wait on that. I have had a lot of things on my mind. As many of you know, technology issues, again, algorithm issues, and just in general, 
I have no idea what I'm doing with my life and I still have the winter blues and I'm still trying to move on and move forward. As usual, we should definitely be talking about some things in the news, like keeping Peru in your thoughts, as well as what's going on in the AAPI community. Please, guys, check on your friends. I will put some resources if you need help. It is not okay. There's a lot going on. And just remember, if you want to hear more from a creator, Brooke Alex was episode two, and we talked about you know, her growing up in a society as a Asian kid, as well as, I'm sorry, Tokyo, and just all the things going on. Another good example, if you want to just see more and see more awareness being created around, again, Grey's Anatomy. I know I talk a lot about it. Hey, it's a Thursday night, and I'm still waiting for Grey's to come back. But they did a phenomenal episode last year, like I said, about, you know who they are, how to be seen, etc. So I think that those are some good resources as well as just listening to creators that talk about it. Like Annie Wu is another phenomenal person aside from, like I said, Brooke Alex. There's Yaniga Mafar and her boyfriend. She talks about Iran. She's sure she's Western Asia, but that still fits into as Iranian AAPI, and she is as well an advocate for what's going on still in Iran. So moving on from that, I think I'm going to talk a little bit just about my technology, which you know is always so fun for me. Uh, Anybody who's out there who knows who's producing their own, being a solo person when it comes to podcasting or anything, doing it all by themselves, I applaud you because shit is hard. <laughs> Life is hard. I don't really know what else to say except for I, yeah. Again, so Final Cut Pro, which I know people have a love-hate with, but I also have a love-hate with Adobe, but I use Final Cut Pro because I've got a MacBook. Anywho. Final Cut Pro loves to just, no matter how small I can make a file, it loves to crash on me and tell me that I'm out of extra room, even though I already have an extra hard drive. I have an extra this. I have an extra that. I I try. I'm, I'm so, though, sick of it. It just shuts off and shuts down. So, anyway, I'm going to the Apple Genius Bar. Let's see what happens. I've updated my software. I've tried to create more space. Heck, maybe I do need another one of these terabyte things to work out, but I don't know. And I'm very freaked out right now because the last thing I need is more things to spend money on that I don't already have, that I've already spent money on for other things. And, you know, just trying to get by, as you can see. And as I've talked about with multiple people, and it's just, again, so frustrating. It's not like saying it's tough to be me and all that stuff or poor, poor me. It's just the reality of trying to do everything. And when people talk about self-made, this is what self-made looks like. And it sucks a lot of the time, but you just, you just got to keep moving forward. Like Disney said, and I know Disney has its own issues, but if we keep moving forward, then, then the payoff may eventually happen. Obviously not as quick as we would want it. And yes, 
but that's kind of where I'm at. I also, though, have found myself multiple moments this this week with trying to figure out what's going on with my computer. That's why the YouTube vlog version of my episode 37 has not come out yet because it's just been a roller coaster and I don't know what my next step is. So so we just we just keep everything everything that I do here aside from, you know, a list of things that I do for you know, planning for a podcast, pretty much everything in my life is improvised now. So, yeah, we're good there. Also, I need to clean, I need to do all this stuff, and I just don't have the executive function for that. Speaking of which, my dad and I had an interesting conversation, and I very rarely want to talk about my parents, but as a, see, I complained about my mom with the list, but here's here here it is, Dad, even though you probably don't want me to say this, but he and I were talking about ADHD and family stuff earlier today, and you know what? I actually, though, know he was not meaning this in any way. But just, do you know that, like, when you have ADHD and just, you know, how you get so angry, sometimes you just start to, like, panic or cry or scream or whatever? Well, anyway, I was trying to say to him, you know, I think that it it's genetic, and I think that both my parents have it. I think my mom has more of the inattentive type. Yes, she's very type A, and I think she has some OCD with how she writes lists and stuff, but I totally, my dad totally has ADHD. He totally has the same type as me, which, again, he doesn't believe in whatever, and that's a different story, different generations, which we could talk about just how the generational between Gen Z and Gen ex-parents are but either way it's just very interesting and then he said oh your mom will blame it on my side well I'm sorry but his side has a little more of the stereotypical features I'm not going to say though that her side doesn't have any and I think that our whole as a whole which I will talk about later you know parents saying we all have a little bit of it that that just adds to why I think that we for sure have it on both sides. Anywho, uh, that being said, he goes, everybody wants to put a label on something. And I just got so quickly to say, no, 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 no. The label and the openness of being talked about is what's normalized now. Nobody likes having these things. Everybody wants to be normal, okay? Like, this is not a thing. This is not a good thing. Like, it's debilitating to live with. It's not cute. It's not quirky. It's the more people that talk about it, it's just becoming more normalized. But it is not, I repeat, not something that, you know, everybody just wants to have a label on them. No. And that's so old-fashioned thinking, and again, growing up, I did not have the easiest time. And, you know, now I'm just finally getting the right things in the right places, the right medicines, the right tools. You know, I I got the right diagnosis when I was young enough, but it was just never fitting where, you know, they weren't going to give me the right types of meds, etc. So then they set it up to an attentive. And that really bothers me because again the hyperactive girl 
it's so different still from the hyperactive boy. And I know people are going to say, well, genders, whatever. Like, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, looking at it in the way that we have this just thought process that goes along with things. It's just, no, no, we're, we're not going to do that. We're not gonna. So I do want to talk about the a little bit more just different things, obviously. And that I do appreciate if, you know, I say, you can ask me anything. You can do a Q&A. I just want to put it out there again in case people are curious or want me to mix up a little bit the podcast. Because I personally, I can make a list. I can, you know, just improvise, etc. But I do kind of want to hear what a lot of you people, listeners out there want. Because... Well, I guess in another way, I'm a lot like Red and Kitty. Red, especially right now, when I'm saying I'm making it up as I go along. I mean, I'm not half dumbass, but I'm pretty sure to him I'd still be at least half. I don't know. But knowing his development, I just really wanted to state again that I have rewatched it multiple times. I'm very happy with the growth and the development. Again, wish that there were more episodes because I really can't wait another year and a half, two years to do all this. So, yeah, but again, life advice comes a lot from Red Foreman and you don't even realize it. Like, sure, you probably don't always want a swift kick in the ass, but the point is that it's his way of saying, please just stop messing around. Like, you're better than this. That's, yeah, I'm gonna translate some of his best saying, dumbass, you are smarter than this. And, you know, you can see that with, he's still softer with these kids than he was in the 70s, because that's the marshmallow grandpa. But it's just so funny, because it's like, people say how Kurtwood is so different from his actual character, which makes sense. But everyone's forgetting that are saying that Red and Kitty ran this show. Have you seen the original one? They carried that show as well, too. It was a really good ensemble. It's stability that these kids might have needed at their house. That's why the basement is the safe space for Layak, too, because, I mean, Red and Kitty are the most stable people out there. Also, I do think here, I might have not mentioned this, but here are some options, whether or not it works out, but if they were going to recast Hyde, uh, David Diggs, uh, Childish Gambino, you know, those are good options. I know that some people might say even like a lesser known, etc. But I just wanted to say that those two came to mind as potential, especially David Diggs. Here's why. He has that like, I mean, yes, he plays some quirky people, but he has enough of that energy that I could hippie dippy energy like you guys saw him on blackish he could pull it off he could pull off hide I think whether or not other people see it I mean tell me if I'm wrong in the comments I mean 
yeah, but that's that's been weighing heavily on me since last week. I was like, yo, I need to think about this, because uh, I don't really know what way it's going to go. But yeah, I just thought, hey, let's let's take a crack at this. If now I don't know much more than that, honestly, I can't say because I'm not really in casting. I'm just trying to again figure out this whole world of creator acting stuff, etc. But I do know one thing, no matter what, and I've said this, but my grandpa passed away in 2021. I've noticed a lot of people have lost some of their loved ones, and I'm thinking of the Iggy boys right now and their family. I personally actually know Bryce more from Lopez versus Lopez, and honestly, I think, again, when you watch, though, I caught up and hearing more about the family story. We, and doctors have said this on TikTok, we need to do better screening for Latinos. Um, Hispanic Americans especially, but, like, you don't realize how much more likely they are to get cancer, and I didn't realize this until, again, I follow Babies After 35, Jen Gunther, and Jen Lincoln, all of those amazing obstetrics doctors, and they're always spitting out facts. If you don't follow them already, go for it. Uh, but all of them have continuously said the same thing about cervical cancer, endometrial cancer, etc., and just how much more likely. And I think that we need to take a step back and realize that also, yes, colon cancer can start way earlier. And a weird thing about me and my family is that we are a little more predisposed to it. And I think it's also a Central and Eastern European thing that they're more on to. And I'm German partially on my mom's side, but I'm also French, like I've mentioned. But the whole thing is that she, my mom, got the luxury, as some people would say, to be starting to get screened in her four. Now, I'm not saying that, that that it should be earlier, later, but the fact of the matter is, though, we've been through this also with Chadwick Boseman, and that I think it just is very telling where it's setting, and a lot of people know this also. I'm Irish. I, I'm Irish on my dad's side, mostly, and I have had stomach problems, and they've even suggested some of those kind of testings. Like, they don't consider that, and I see the luxury and privilege that I have. Sure, I still need to fight for answers and people don't listen to me because, again, being a woman, but I also, a woman in society, but I'm also thinking about this in a whole different, like, I, again, understand my privilege, how I get more taken seriously still, because I'm a straight, white, cisgendered female. I mean, yes, we could go into all the other ways that I'm screwed, because I'm dyslexic, I have ADHD, I'm blind in one eye, like, again, I could list all the reasons why life, but I will never, I will never face that kind of feeling. And also because I have a family that's willing to advocate for me and go to appointments to just emphasize to get my, my care that I need, which it shouldn't be that hard. But that's the difference between me and a marginalized group, which I know I understand. I probably do not always and still don't always have the best language. I've been learning that. Also at work, I've messed up a few times. And I deeply apologize if nobody's corrected me, and yet I still somehow said it wrong. 
whether that be, you know, just in general, please let me know. I'm only stating that is just because even though I do the wind up apologizing a lot and I do want people to understand my neurodivergence, which a lot of people do, I also do know that I don't like screwing up, which again is something that we'll talk about later with uh, Dr. Courtney Tracy. And yeah, I just wanted to touch on a few of those things before I sign off because I think it's very important and very telling where we're going with this. And for all those people that a separate thing have been saying, like, you know, the shows have become too woke, shows have become too much about real life. Hello, that's what it is. And, you know, yeah, sure. Lopez versus Lopez uh, is somewhat of a loosely based off of the life of Mayan and George, but that's okay. And they talk about mental health, like I mentioned earlier and how parents and society and again I always say but this is true too like how there's similarities in Hispanic and Latino Americans and Irish Americans we have a lot of some our food sucks compared to yours like let's just go there we don't have the spices or any sort of flavor like we are the yeah we are the flavorless cousins as I joke but the point is, though, that still I wanted to touch on some of those things before we wrap this up, because I think it's important to just understand the different levels and the different disparities, etc. But also just to understand the different generational aspects that happen, like, again, even between that 90s show and that 70s show, and just even to see where people go, the trope of the grandpa becoming softer than he was with his kids, and, you know, as I mentioned, my grandpa, like, he passed away in 2021, and just some things that have helped me is weirdly looking at his collection of old stuff that he had along the way, which I know people are gonna look at me like, what do you mean by, well, I mean by the fact of the matter is, like I mentioned earlier, uh, he was half German, half French, and boy, did that guy have, he had a flask from, like, his grandparents. I'm surprised it wasn't filled with whiskey, honestly, but they had that stuff, or, you know, rum, or not rum, sorry, I'm thinking whiskey or vodka, you know, to help with the cold. They had, like, their raccoon-type hats, you know, because it's so cold. And every time that I see old pictures of it, it was, like, the big face, the big, long Roman nose. Like, they looked around it, and they never smiled because that was the point. And I'm just thinking, wow, I, I became this loud, expressive person. I don't know if that's because of the Irish, and we're just passionate. I guess, even though we're also not, I don't know, dramatic, I, I couldn't tell you. But the differences are profound between my dad's side and my mom's side. My mom's side, again, are farmers. But I just wanted to say that you see that, and then you watch that 70s show, and you see the little bits that Red talks about his life, and then you see the little bits about him not being as warm and cuddly with his kid, especially Eric. But he never hated Eric. He always loved and respect Eric, especially when Eric had the form in rage with the Packers and the, the Bears, and he said something like, where'd you learn to fight like that, Spider-Man? He's like, I wish I didn't ask. I mean, the irony was the joke was he left to play Venom or something in Spider-Man 3. 
But yeah, it's just so funny because again, even when you watch it as an adult, you're like, no, Eric is a softer version of Red, which is yes and no, but that's because Kitty is his mom and is more gentler in the parenting. But when you see Leia, she is the perfect mix of actually Red and Anna, except for she is Eric's in a lot of ways with his like nerdiness, but she hates Star Wars. She hates this. She does go out of her way to call people dumbasses, like I said last week. So she's way more of her grandpa than she than anyone would think. And I think that that's very telling. Like if if Eric had been more like Leia, I, I just wonder how that would have worked out. But I do think that, you know, it's very interesting to watch that. And my grandpa wasn't as huggy and warm and loving as you know, he was very easygoing, and my mom said, though, just he was less touchy-feely than when he was a grandpa. So I see that going on through, and it, the differences, too, was, like, you know, in that era, you had to be a man or whatever. So it's just, those are the things that I hope I can touch on a little bit more when we do our interview coming up, as well as just some other insights that I see. And to complete this podcast, which it will probably be a little bit on the shorter end because I just feel like that's the direction that we're going in today, which is totally fine. Uh, The TikTok algorithm, which I know I complain about a lot of the time, but I was talking to another micro creator and we both are agreeing. You know, Instagram, you can never grow on. Instagram is the hardest to grow on unless you have connections. And then, you know, you have other people talking about how to grow your platform here, buy my course, or here, follow these simple steps. Uh, excuse me, I do all this stuff and it's still, and I know that there's no magic formula, but that's again where, you know, people are led to believe or brainwashed into thinking that all this is going to happen miraculously, instantly, you name it. And at the end of the day, nothing again happens in an instant. I talked about this last week, but even then, like Laura High, I constantly mention her, but who I had on a few weeks ago, but she's now in DC and she is killing it. She is dressing up like a sperm and she is running around DC. She doesn't get what congressmen don't want to talk to her because trust me, I think she'd be very entertaining right there, but she's working on donor conception and obviously it's been a long time to get her message out there, but she's doing what she needs to do. She's advocating, she's fighting, she's winning the fight and again I'm beyond proud of her and I love that she can do it even in a comical viewpoint and it's just so phenomenal the work that she's doing aside from just her stand-up routine and her willingness to not stop fighting so that yes uh if you haven't seen her latest tiktoks you should go and watch them now she did one inspired by Rafiki's It Is Time, and I think we all know it is time. It is about damn time, because I wouldn't have known as much as I did from her, and the fact of the matter is, with all the stuff that's going on, yeah, we we definitely need more people like her, and more adoptee voices. All of them need to be, like, we need to still be letting them speak their mind and going head-to-head. 
because they are truly changing, making the changes that need to be changed. So, but aside from that, I have been trying so hard with, you know, my reactions, my point of views, which I guess are still kind of reactions. And you know what? I've been getting so much hate lately that I've been just starting to question how much I should be doing this because it's like, I can go live. I can do the, all the stuff that these people have told me to do to try to, you know, do battles, do this, do that, do, uh, you know, beg people to send gifts, which, why the hell should I do that? I don't want to beg people for money. Like, I'm just glad that they come on my live. Follow, like, subscribe, you know, all those buzz words that, uh, quite frankly, I don't really know what the point at the end of the day is with that because, you know, you can do all of that and still wind up where you're at and you really don't know what's your next step. And I truly wish I could help more people who are around here. But again, I can say the same things and I get angry when my family gives me the same advice because at the same time, it's just a merry-go-round that doesn't end or carousel, blah, 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 or the hamster wheel that just nonstop. Because nothing is going the way that anyone would probably expect or think. And it's just a part of life. And that's, yeah, that's that. So if you're someone in my position, just know that at least we're all collectively feeling the same way. Like we will, we will say that we want, like, we're just trying to figure out what the algorithm wants or how to grow here and there. But unless we're friends with big names and flash it off and show it off, I don't think it's really going to go much more our way. So, yeah. Obviously, I can't answer much more than that, except for also, though, if anybody ever has any more to say about my caterpillar brows, there's a good chance that you guys don't have eyebrows, and that's why you're making fun of me. And you know what? I don't care anymore. My eyebrows are bushy and lovely, and you know what? They're here to stay. I'm not going to wax them off. I'm not going to shave them off. And also, I've seen those same people comment on kids with the terminal illness, San Filippo, might I add again, who have bushy eyebrows. This is not a result of that. I don't know what it's a result of. I don't really know. Like I said, my ethnicity doesn't really say that I should have them. But aside from that, leave anyone alone. You're just jealous and move on. And I know, I know, I know as much as we all hate Taylor Swift or even to just quote Taylor Swift for anyone who knows me because it's just like the typical white girl feminist approach of life. Lovely, lovely, dubby, dubby, dubby. Ugh. To shake it off. I do. Okay, whatever. Um, Please make sure to hit like, subscribe, obviously, like I just mentioned there. And we will see you next week. This has been Josie Gav, episode 38, Long for more.